Are you guys ready to talk some sports? We are. It's Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. Coach Joe here. Ronnie's on location tonight. Uh, We'll be hearing from him in a little while, both live and on tape. More about that in a bit. So I'm going to start the show with our On This Date in History segment that uh, we like to do all the time. And because this is a very historic week, Eric, so uh, there's a couple of very, very notable historical uh, things that occurred on, first off, on April 13th, that's uh, would have been yesterday's date, April 13th, 1997, 25 years ago yesterday, Tiger Woods won the first of his five Masters titles, and he did it with a 12-shot victory, tearing the course apart, uh, in which... Tore it apart so much they had to make changes to it afterwards. He, it was a game changer of game changers in the world of golf. An incredible breakthrough. And if if anybody had a chance to watch Tiger this past weekend at the Masters as he battled back from his injuries, really one of the truly amazing performances, almost as amazing as him winning by such a margin 25 years ago, was his ability to to play in the condition that he was in, coming back so quickly from that injury. What an amazing achievement, something uh, I'll, I'll get to a little bit more later. But first, I want to talk about the other significant date in, in, in sports history, perhaps the most significant date in the history of sports in America, occurred April 15th, 1947. That's 75 years ago tomorrow. You know what it is, Eric? No idea. Oh, that's okay. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad someone did. <laughs> Of course, on April 15th, 1947, Jackie Robinson made his debut with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And that, of course, changed the face of sports in a, in a very important, good way. It was a great breakthrough in sports. In fact, I, I think the, the sports, the way we enjoy them today, wouldn't have been possible without somebody making that breakthrough. And, and it was Jackie Robinson. And he made it at a time when he was met with a lot of hostility. Uh, but he hung in there and was an inspiration to many people, including you know somebody like myself gr- growing up on the mean streets of Kendall, Florida. <laughs> More on that later, too. Uh, for those of you who aren't from South Florida, Kendall is, uh, uh, despite what Alex Rodriguez says, is very much not the hood. <laughs> it's a very, very safe and su- a suburban community. But even dis- despite that, growing up, to me, and this is still the case today, Eric. He is, if you were to ask me who my all-time favorite athlete, regardless of sport, is, it is Jackie Robinson. He, he was my hero growing up, and he remains so, so today. Uh, and, and it affects everything, everything about the way I look at life, much less at sports. And it affected a lot of the decisions I made in the areas that I got into. And, of course— it made my love of sports possible, seeing seeing his story, because actually he had already finished playing by the time I was old enough to know what was going on. Uh, but he was an inspiration to me. And, uh, but more important, he was an inspiration to so many of the athletes we watch today and the achievements that are made and the opportunities that are had. Because to me, sports, if nothing else, it's the, it's the fair opportunity to compete on a level playing field. I mean, if you want to to know the essence of sports, that is it. Fair opportunity to compete on a level playing field. And that's what Jackie Robinson stood for, and that's what he fought for, and that's what he put up with a a lot of hostility to achieve. 
And we thought on a special occasion like this that we needed a special guest to really convey uh, what Jackie Robinson meant and the inspiration. And we couldn't think of anybody better than our guest uh, tonight, Congressman Burgess Owens. He's been on our show before. Uh, we've told his story before about how he grew up in segregation. And he was one of the first uh, persons to integrate the University of Miami football team. And then he went on to a great career as an All-American, a first-round draft pick, a Super Bowl champion. And now he's continued today doing great work as a congressman in the 4th District of Utah. And we asked him about how Jackie Robinson inspired him on this, the 75th anniversary of, of Jackie Robinson's debut with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And he talked about that, and we also spoke about uh, with him about the sports issues that he might deal with in Congress. It's an interview that Ronnie and I taped last week uh, for airing tonight. Uh, we really appreciate the congressman's time in making that time for us. And it, Eric, I got to say, you know, we've done a lot of interviews. I, I, I'm so proud of this one. I think it's one of the best ones we've ever done. And um, uh, we're Heard gonna, good stuff about it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. A couple of people in the studio uh, got a chance to hear it already, and and it it's really something that we're really uh, really proud of. We have it on tape. Now we're going to take a break in just a moment, and then when we come back, you'll hear the taped interview that Ronnie and I did with Congressman Burgess Owens, and then uh, uh, then. We'll be back live in the second half of the show, and we'll check in with Ronnie, who's on location tonight at the Gators Orange and Blue game. He'll let us know how that's going. And, uh, of course, we're going to give away $30 tonight on the uh, Lakeland Alehouse Sports Quiz. So it's going to be a great show tonight. Stay with us here in the Ozone. You've got Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WKF. Hey, this is Logan Blondell, former Lakeland Dreadnought and 2011 Girls Youth Villa champion. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone's brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. Ronnie's on location. We hope to hear from him later on in the hour via telephone, but last week he and Coach Joe were in studio and caught up with Congressman Burgess Owens. And here's what that interview sounded like. Our guest tonight is Congressman Burgess Owens. He's a congressman from Utah, but he also played for the Miami Hurricanes, the New York Jets, and was a Super Bowl winner with the Oakland Raiders. Burgess, one of the hot topics in college football is name, image, and likeness. Uh, I think the NCAA is trying to get Congress to bail them out and pass something so that all of the rules will be uniform across the country. Our guest tonight is Congressman Burgess Owens. He's a congressman from Utah, but he also played for the Miami Hurricanes, the New York Jets, and was a Super Bowl winner with the Oakland Raiders. Burgess, one of the hot topics in college football is name, image, and likeness. Uh, I think the NCAA is trying to get Congress to bail them out and pass something so that all of the rules will be uniform across the country. Do you see that on the agenda for the U.S. Congress? <clears throat> that, that, that's, that's a good question because we're actually having those conversations as we speak. Uh, a lot of this is understanding uh, the, I guess, the new environment. I mean, you guys have to keep in mind that when I came through back in my day, uh, it was a great honor uh, just to get a scholarship because we looked at the scholarship as being a way to get an education, not as the the, the through way to get to the NFL. Uh, things have changed. There's a big, there's, there's a lot of money being made today, and it's, it's going to a, a very, very select group of uh, folks. 
NCAA is, is, is part of that group. <clears throat> uh, we're having conversations where we're trying to figure out how we can how we can make sure that that our players, the, the younger players, are not being taken advantage of. And, and as, as of right now, there's a lot of different ways of approaching it. It's kind of a wild, wild west out there. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm talking with anyone I can to understand more of how we can make sure that these young people, their rights are being protected. Uh, if you come in and if there's, there's being money being made, obviously uh, there's a lot of money being made. Uh, the only person, the only people right now are not getting any piece of that are the players. So uh, the players that are producing. How, how do we do that at the same time? keeping uh, a focus on the fact that that education is going to be, at the end of the day, the lifeline. That the fact that, and as you, get, you guys know this, I mean, we've, we've been around the game for so long, we know that just because you think you might get to the NFL doesn't, doesn't guarantee it. Most, most cases, it's not going to happen. So if we're not able to, to make sure that those young men are taking advantage of the time that they are playing in a smart way, uh, in which they can they can take that to be kind of a foundation for the rest of their lives. If they do that, then we can have a really good conversation about how uh, how this can can work out for their benefits. And and and, uh, and of course, the college right now they're they're benefiting in a big way. Uh, how much of dollars being moved through? How much money could a good-looking, intelligent young guy named Burgess Owens have made at the University of Miami <laughs> back in the day? <laughs> I don't know about all that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, I, I, you know and here, here's the thing: if you get you get to the point where we're teaching our kids about um, uh, <clears throat> finances, about how how to understand that process, because they now know that they're going into, and the families know they're going into an environment in which they can literally set themselves up in a, if they are smart about it, uh, and and they can plan themselves out, and maybe benefit where part of it is, is that. That some some is set aside based on how 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 far they go in education. These these are the conversations we need to have. I know there's an answer out there because at the end of the day, we have too many people wanting these young people to benefit, men, young boys and girls to benefit in the talents they're giving. Uh, So we just have to figure out how that's going to look. And if you have a family, by the way, that's part of this process, you talk about a a great start in a a life uh, where mom and dad can sit down and help their son and daughter to plan out, to be intelligent about their, their, their choices and to, to look long-term about their education. So that's where we have to be. And I wish I had the, 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 a pure answer to that, but I think right now we're, we're going through just having conversations to, to figure out how to get there. Uh, Congressman, uh, Coach Joe here. It's wonderful talking to you again. You know, you've been on our show a bunch. And before I ask you a question, I wanted to share something with you. Uh, uh, and I'm get, I'm too old for sports heroes these days. But uh, <laughs> when I was younger, I had one. And if um, and if if I were to still have one today, or if somebody would ask me, Coach Joe, who is your all-time you know favorite sports person, it, it would be Jackie Robinson. And uh, you know he, his 75th anniversary of his debut with the Dodgers is coming up. Uh, and in fact, on April 15th, uh, everybody in Major League Baseball is going to be wearing number 42. And as a pioneer yourself, you were uh, you integrated your high school. You uh, were the third black scholarship athlete at the University of Miami. I want to ask you between uh, Jackie Robinson's inspiration and your own experiences in 1968. How does that affect the way you approach things as a congressman today? Your sense of fairness. What, what a good question, Costa. <clears throat> because as you think about Jackie Robinson, I want people to understand what made him um, so. I guess. The timing of, of his life was so important. 
because as we're getting through the integration process, a big part of this of integrating is respect. Uh, and there was a it was a, a narrative during those days that black people were just not as intelligent, not as disciplined, not as smart, not as all. Uh, there was just there was this this was actually part of the of the messaging of Martin Luther King. When you when you look back on his on his uh, on his uh, demonstrations, think about the amount of people wearing white shirts, dark ties, dress shoes, are very articulate because they also wanted to put the narrative and make sure the kids understood that they were just as good, just as smart, just as capable as anybody else. So what Jackie Robinson represented was that was that model. He was disciplined. He he didn't retaliate because and, and believe me, he had a lot of reasons to do that. He was smart. So people listened to him, they they gained knowledge, they gained a confidence and respect for what he had to say. Um, uh, he was very talented in the field. So he showed up. And, and, and in the day, you think about what brings us all together in the past. It's always been the military or sports, because those are the areas of true meritocracy. That's where you really see, am I contributing or am I not? If you're contributing, people can't help but respect you. They can't help but fall in love with, with what you do because you're helping them to win. That's, that's, who, that's what Jackie Robson, that's who Jackie Robson uh, represented. And he took that off the, off the baseball field into his real life. Very successful business owner. And, th- and I'll tell you, when you think about young boys growing up in a segregated community, trying to figure out if they are capable of, of succeeding, examples like that helps you know if, if Jackie can do it, I can do it. If he can break, the, break, this, break down the, the, the obstacles of, of, of opportunities, if he can do it, I can do it. So, you know, he was he was truly one of the best, and um, and I, I hope his legacy will never ever um, um, you know lose lose this brightness for sure. Well, I want to ask you about something that's different, but it might be somewhat related because we talked about sports bringing people together. Uh, our uh, our congressman here in the 17th district of Florida is Greg Stubbe. I'm sure you're familiar with him. Uh, he. Yeah. Uh, introduced a bill last year. Uh, it's called the uh, Protection of Women's and Girls in Sports Act. Now, obviously, Title IX was an important piece of legislation in terms of getting women the opportunities to play sports. Um, but uh, in terms of the role of Congress, first off, uh, you've chosen within the last few weeks, in fact, I believe it was on March 8th, which is International Women's Day, you chose to co-sponsor that bill. Uh, and and um, I want to ask you about the bill, why you think it's necessary, and what it really, in terms of fairness on the playing field, I mean, it's sports is all about the uh, opportunity to, to for fair competition on a level playing field, but what role does Congress even have in something like that, or shouldn't it be up to the individual sports? And, and uh, 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 why did you choose to co-sponsor the bill at this time? <laughs> I think this is all hands-on-deck uh, issue we're having now. Uh, and, and I'll say this, uh, Coach. I, I think that uh, we're at a, at a point uh, where, first of all, America, I think America's waking up to a degree that we've been under attack. Our culture's been under attack. And, and it happened to my community. Uh, we, we've talked about in the past how successful my community was when I was growing up. And what they do, if you, if you, if you go after the family, if you, you take away people's faith, if you take away people's opportunity to truly succeed based on meritocracy, you're taking away who we are as a culture. And so we have to, in every place possible, and the, the bill that I helped co-sponsor basically said this, um, those who receive federal funds cannot force a woman to compete against a biological man. 
it, 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 to me, it's common sense. I'm, I'm never going to, uh, to, to shy away from that. Uh, you know, I, I grew up as an athlete, and we all know, anybody who's been in athletics knows the difference between men and women. And just because you call yourself a woman doesn't mean you are one if you have all the, the biological attributes of a man. I, I think I think we think about <clears throat> what we're looking at. We have a, an opportunity to look at uh, fairness or feelings. I'm all about fairness. Women should have the opportunity to dream the dreams they, they, they build on, to work hard, to compete, and know they have an opportunity based on fairness to win. And when you bring men into the picture, <clears throat> and as a society, if you don't stand up for this, uh, you're going to have women's sports not being anything close to what we ever thought it would be. It would not be women's sports. It would be men's sports again. It would be a, a different uh, – it would be men's sports. So, now, th this is one of those areas that, that wherever we can make our voice known, uh, obviously uh, the, the areas that Congress has to deal with are federal, uh, federal uh, funding, uh, and I think it's fair. I think it's a civil rights issue. In a sense, of civil rights in terms of women should be given the civil rights to protect the arenas that they're part of and not be intruded on by men. So uh, we can do that. And I think also in terms of, of uh, those on a local level, uh, uh, make sure our, our kids being taught and not being sexualized in their, in their youth, like what's happening right now in, in Disney, uh, the third and fourth and you know, five-year-old, six something. We need to make sure we're, we're protecting our kids across the board and our genders, men and women, that they can actually compete and feel as fair when it's all said and done. You know, Burgess, when I was looking up some of the stuff on Jackie Robinson, he actually played his first pro game in Daytona Beach. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's that says a lot to us. That was down deep south. Was was that in the uh, in the fifties in the in the south? Yeah, it, south well, it was actually in the forties um, when he okay. played his, his first pro game. Um, wow. Yeah, and you know, I was looking back at a highlight. One of uh, probably his most famous play was the steal of home against the Yankees in the '55 World Series, and I was looking last night at a replay of that, and I think he was out. <laughs> you know, Yogi Berra was certain he was out. Yogi Berra went bananas, and uh, after watching the replay, I think he was out. He was out. Have you ever watched that? I, I haven't, but uh, that's the benefit of in the old days of, of no having no replay. Oh, you're exactly <laughs> I mean, right. That, 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 but I'll say this, and, and I, I can't emphasize this enough. You know, for those of us who saw the movie Remember the Titans, um, you know, we, we 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 felt good about the way that that grew. That we saw people with conflict, but they grew through it because they began to respect each other. That's what I experienced, again, being the third uh, black American to get a scholarship at the University of Miami. Uh, I remember that first year, but it, it does, it, it's, it, it's pale in comparison to what, what Jackie went through in the 40s. So I, I have to say that uh, not only did it take courage, it took courage for both the owner and for Jackie to decide this was something they wanted to do, but it also shows what Americans are all about. We want to progress. We, within our hearts, we want to be fair. And we want, we want to, to, to be in a position where we're not angry at each other. So the fact that the American people uh, ex accepted Jackie because he did show that they were not, he, uh, that our race was not what was being projected, the fact that we had an owner who said, let's make this happen, and Jackie had the courage 
to do it and stay disciplined not to retaliate because that would have taken us back further. You know, exactly. It's, it's, you get, it's, it's easy to get angry when people call your names, uh, but it takes a discipline and a vision to stay at the state as focused as he was. So you have to really admire that, that group of, of folks who made this work and see how far we've come, how far we've come. And that can't, can't emphasize how important that is for Americans to always remember that. No we doubt about so it. So far, we should be proud of who we are. Burgess, we're almost out of time. You have a book out, is that correct? Yes, I have a couple of one is uh, 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 <laughs> one is um, liberalism, or how 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 to turn good men into whiners, winners, and webs. That was my first <laughs> one, and the second one, and, and for conservatives, the, the title itself is is a good one to put on the shelf. But the second one was why I stand. And that was the, the idea that we have a nation that we need to all stand up for, proudly, boldly, and courageously for. We need to stand up for our culture. And if we do that, uh, I, you know, then our kids can see what it looks like to have courage, and we can move forward from there. Burgess, we're about out of time. We appreciate you giving us your time. I know you've probably got bigger fish to fry than talking to us. So thank you so much. Burgess, we really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, it, it means a whole lot to us. Uh, in, in a, uh, and uh, uh, I think if anybody embodies the traits of, of hard work and dedication leading to success, uh, anybody embodies those traits of Jackie Robinson, I, I believe it's you, Burgess. And thank you so much thank for being you on so the much. show. Can, can, I, can I say this, guys, real quickly? You know, this country, we the people, is an amazing thing to see happen. And I appreciate the platform that you guys give people like myself. This is what we do. We, we find our niche. We find out where our place. And we do our very best. And together, that mosaic allows Americans to grow and move forward. So thank you guys for this opportunity. Whenever you get a chance to do it again, I'm, I'm, I'm wide open. Thank okay. you, Burgess. Really appreciate it. Take care, guys. All the best. It's the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7. Talking sports with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. Turning scrap metal into cash. Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Coach Joe here in studio here in the Ozone. Ronnie O, not too far away, and I believe he's on the line with us from Gainesville. Oh, yeah. Ronnie. Yes, sir. How, yeah, what what bowl game are we going to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we're that good. But right now, the blue team led by Anthony Richardson is leading 21 to nothing. We've seen some good things out of a lot of the Lakeland kids. Demarcus Bowman, Finley Graham, Ventrell Miller, Lloyd Summerall. Um, a lot of good stuff out of Lakeland kids. But the big star has been Anthony Richardson. The guy's been on the money. And uh, I think he's only had a couple of incompletions. But he, this guy is just awesome. He is a physical specimen. He has got a rifle arm. He's on the money. He seems to be making good decisions. But... Blue team has quite an advantage. They've got Richardson, the whole offensive line from the first string, and they're going up against the defense that's the second string. And uh, Jack Miller, the transfer from Ohio State, he's had some good plays, but he's working with the second team offense. So he's a little bit handicapped in that respect. Well, the zero on the uh, orange side of the scoreboard, does that mean the starters on the blue defense are that good? <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to tell. I always love that Pat Dooley story about, you know, every time that the offense completes the ball, it means a defender got beat and vice versa. So you, you never really know who to root for. It's kind of hard to draw any conclusions. But we've seen some quickness from a couple of the backs. The transfer 
Montrell Johnson from Louisiana that came over with Billy Napier. That kid looks like he's pretty good. He's quick. He's really good down near the goal line, and uh, he doesn't give up. He fights hard, and he, he's had some good runs. Um, DeMarcus Bowman has had trouble getting on track. He really hasn't had a chance to get out much. But, again, he's running behind the second-string offensive line. Well, who are the who are who is it that Anthony Richards throwing to? Anthony Richardson, rather, he's throwing, throwing to. to shorter. And you know, one of the kids that's really been a surprise is Dante Xanders. That they moved over from defense, they moved his tight end. And I heard somebody say on one of the national shows today that Billy Napier said this kid could end up in an NFL camp in uh, two years. I think he's got two years of eligibility left, but he seems like a natural at tight end. And that's an unusual transition to go from defensive tackle to tight end. Yeah, that you, you hear about going the other direction, not so much a defensive tackle. The, did he have to slim down, or, or is he just built like a tight end to begin with? You know, he doesn't seem to have lost a whole lot of weight. Speaking of losing weight, Desmond Watson, the 400-pound defensive tackle, oh, yeah. came out of Armwood. He looks like he's lost some weight. Well, that's good because he needed to. It was—I mean—it's fun watching a guy that big on the field, but but uh, only if he can move quicker. Uh, does it seem to have helped? Did he lost some weight. It does. The guy is pretty quick. It's kind of hard to tell how much he weighs because I'm way high up. But you know, I mean, a, a guy that weighed 400 pounds—if he's down to 350—that's probably slender for him. <laughs> you know, you said you're way high up. Uh, a lot of people there at the swamp tonight. My guess is there's about 30,000. It's hard for me to see. I'm sitting in the Champions Club seat, so I can't really see the home side below me. But um, when they show the crowd shots, that would be my guess is that there's about 30,000 here. Well, that's not too bad for a Thursday night uh, in, during Easter week. I know that that, is that seemed to be working, the idea of having it at night. Is it creating a good atmosphere? I don't know if. The atmosphere is really good. The crowd's really fired up, and I think there's a lot of excitement because of Billy Napier and the hope that he brings to the program. And, uh, you know, the Johnny Townsend fundraiser for Shan's Orthopedic um, Pediatrics was a huge success. A lot of old Gators came back, and I got a whole bunch of phone numbers, guys like Mike Pearson, Willie Jackson Jr., and it was all kind. James Bates was there, Judd Davis, a lot of old Gators. Uh, Bill Carr was there, very interesting guy. And uh, all of them agreed to come on the show. And so we got a lot of guys we can get on the show here in the next few weeks. Oh, we're looking forward to that. That's always a, a great time. Now, now, uh, when, when, when are we getting to go to Spurrier's? Did you bid on that or our big dinner there? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? With my geezerly technological skills you had to go online to do it you know, oh, yeah. so I, I didn't even bid on anything but uh coach was there and jerry spurrier was there and uh you know he, he's so gracious he doesn't get around real well anymore and it was so nice of him to come because it was real hard for him to walk i think Oh yeah, no, I'm sure that he he wants to be there. The is the feeling among the former players. This is what it's. This is more like it uh, that that something had gone sideways over the last couple of years and it's better now. Or or is it more pessimistic? 
there seemed like genuine excitement among the former players for the program and the way that Billy Napier is, is doing it because, you know, he, he's so organized. I've heard that word over and over again from the players who've been out to practice about how organized and meticulous he is. And he's out on the field tonight. He's behind every offensive play. And a couple times he has had input into, no, don't do that. You can tell that he's directing traffic from behind the line of scrimmage. Is there any sense of of how he wants the Gators' offense to work? Is it, does it look a lot different than a Dan Mullen offense? You know, it's. I think what he's doing is that I think it's pretty vanilla. I don't think they want to show a whole lot. There haven't really been any trick plays. Um, they've been pretty vanilla. A lot of stuff to the tight end. Uh, when Anthony Richardson throws the ball, he has made such good decisions, and that ball gets there very quickly and very accurately. And uh, Jack Miller's had some good throws too, but it's pretty clear that Richardson is the number one quarterback right now. Yeah, you know, I'm hearing, I don't know what you're hearing, Ron, but I'm hearing mixed things about the state of recruiting right now with, with Napier. On the one hand, uh, we've got all this excitement. There seem to be a lot of buzz among more four-stars and five-stars who are visiting and, and, and so on. But not a whole lot of commitments. And uh, a lot of people, are, especially these young players, are taking a wait-and-see attitude. It's, uh, is 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 are things on in progress or is what's the what's the vibe there? Uh, people worried or do they feel like we're where we need to be right now? I think there's cautious optimism amongst Gator fans. I mean, if you've been around very long, you know that things always look pretty good at this time of year. We're undefeated, unscored upon, and uh, <laughs> you know there's hope springs eternal. <laughs> Well, so yeah, I, I, I hope I hope so in the spring. Yeah, <laughs> about recruiting, uh, you know, he's certainly got the people in place to do some great recruiting, but we'll have to see. I mean, you know, it's a different ball game now. You got NIL, and it, it's basically NFL life. Yeah, the, I understand that uh, the. the cost of doing business is going to be a lot higher and uh the, that was going to require a lot of help from from the boosters do they you know you, you're hanging out with a lot of them from time to time ronnie uh are they like we'll do what it takes or we're, we're totally behind this guy or are they uh are they locking up the checkbooks no um i think that the checkbooks have been open <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was a guy that just gave 12.6 million dollars um just this week Eric, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, Eric, he, he had that in his chain. He found that in his couch. <laughs> Stop it, Ronnie. <laughs> 12.6 million. Wow. Should uh, get something named after him for that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eric, you know, that doesn't impress him at all, but it's a lot of money to me. <laughs> Is there any uh, anything special going on at halftime of these these spring games sometimes um, they make a, sh- he's a show out or something. Some awards and uh, I can see the televisions right now. Ventrell Miller is getting some kind of award. You know, Lakeland Kathleen kid and uh, Miller made a really good stop against the. He's on the orange team and the blue team had the ball at about the inside the one yard line and he met the back. who had a lot of momentum. He met him in the hole and stood him up 
and uh, they ended up scoring on the next play, but it wasn't his fault. Well, I tell you, Vent- Ventrell Miller is so good. He- he's he's worth a game or two if he's if he stays healthy, don't you think? Oh yeah, no doubt about it. He he's a real man. I tell you what, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> Oh yeah, well that's uh, well that's the other thing I was wondering about. Are we we got the reputation as being soft the last year or so? Uh, are we? Uh, are, is uh, Billy Napier putting more emphasis on strength and conditioning? You know, it, it's it's kind of hard to tell in this game because both the quarterbacks have on all white uniforms, which means you can't hit them, and uh, it's kind of hard to tell. The one thing that would concern me is it doesn't seem like the second-string offensive line has gotten any movement at all, and that's really handicapping Bowman because he's on that orange team with the second-string offensive line. So, you know, that that makes it kind of difficult. It's hard to tell. I don't see a lot of playmakers at wide receiver. That concerns me. But, you know, this probably isn't the same team we'll have in the fall with the transfer portal and the way things are, the movement of players, you never know who they might be able to get in. And some of the guys out there tonight won't be playing here in the fall. Yeah, I imagine. Well, Ronnie, we hope you're playing in the fall and that you're playing right back here next week. Uh, we appreciate the fact that you checked in uh, up there, letting us know how things are going up in Gainesville at the Swamp, the Orange and Blue game, and, the, uh, of course, the Johnny Townsend uh, uh charity event which i'm glad that worked out real well it was great having him on the show last week so uh have a safe trip back here ronnie we'll see you next week back in the ozone all right talk to you guys later (laughs) thanks ronnie our man ronnie oh on the scene in gainesville watching the gators in the orange and blue game uh on a thursday night and we're back in the ozone to give away thirty dollars to the lakeland ale house and if you were listening closely to the interview with congressman burgess owens The answer revealed itself in that interview. So listen up. When we get back, Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Crawford Kerr, former Gator, former Dallas Cowboy, and founder of the Wing House. And you are listening to Ronnie Ocean on the Ozone. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone, ready to go. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. Ronnie's out. Joe is in. We got a chance to hear from Ronnie Doe just a moment ago in the last segment as he is up in Gainesville at the Orange and Blue game at Swamp, and he gave us a full in-depth report as to how the Gators are doing against themselves. And so far they're winning, which I think is a good th- sign, isn't it, Eric? But they're also losing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, glass half full, glass half empty. All right. Well... You're going to have your pockets filled with $30 in cash at the Lakeland Ale House. If you can answer our simple sports question, you'll go to the Lakeland Ale House at 5650 South Florida Avenue uh, here in Lakeland to go to the Ale House with $30 of Eric's money. If you can answer our Ah! sports quiz question, which we've given away the answer for earlier in the show, if you were listening very carefully during the Burgess Owens interview, and even if you're not, you should know the answer to this because... It's basic knowledge. In fact, if you're going to be a sports fan, if, if, you're, if you're raising a kid, you should teach. This is one of the first things you should teach him. The question is this. What did, number did Jackie Robinson wear with the Brooklyn Dodgers? Okay, it's the number that baseball has since retired forever, and they only wear, wear it once a year on April 15th, the anniversary of his debut with the Dodgers, which uh, is tomorrow, and it's the 75th anniversary tomorrow. 
And so it's going to be a special day. If you, uh, if you, uh, you have a chance, turn on a baseball game just for a little while. I know the Rays are going to be on Apple TV in that uh, new doubleheader that they have. They'll be playing tomorrow uh, on Apple TV. And if you can, just watch the game or catch some highlights, and you will see every player in Major League Baseball will be wearing this number. And if you're still not sure of the answer, 682-1430, 682-1430, call with the right answer, and you win $30. If you're still not sure, I'll give you another hint. The movie about Jackie Robinson, in which uh, Robinson was played by the late Chadwick Boseman, uh, the title of the movie was The Number. <laughs> okay, so that's a big hint right there. Uh, and you should be able, if you don't know the answer, you should be able to find it and then call 682-1430. Give us the right answer. Let's win that $30 and let's celebrate Jackie Robinson Day tomorrow, 75th anniversary. Um, you could do it at the Ale House if you want. You can go another time. You have 30 days to claim the prize, but still, it'll be an awesome thing to do. I know at some point this weekend I'll be at the Ale House just because, especially because I believe it's a, a, a three-day weekend for me. Let me check. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't have to work tomorrow. Oh, I'm even even better mood now. <laughs> but uh, 682-1430, what number did Jackie Robinson wear with the Dodgers? Okay. Uh, or if, if that one's too hard for you, how many times has Tiger Woods won the Masters? I told you that earlier in the show, too. You know, I want to talk about the tournament, the Masters, that he didn't win, which was this year's. He finished way in, way back in the pack, but he did make the cut with rounds of 71 and 74 the first two days, which was two over par, which was uh, one over par, actually, which was plenty good enough to make the cut. You could see that he faded badly the last couple of days. And uh, if you're not familiar with the injury that he suffered, when he, he crashed into a tree in February of 2021, so just about 14 months ago, uh, and he was... St- stuck in the car. It took a long time to get him out. And then he had to undergo multiple operations, uh, especially on his legs, which uh, at least one, one of them was almost crushed, basically, with uh, uh, the kind of fractures where the bones are actually kind of crumbled. And it was, an, an, I think, three months in the hospital and then even more time when he got back home where he had to remain in bed. It was almost uh, five or six months before he was able to get at least get up and, and start moving about. And remarkably enough, it was amazing enough that he actually was well enough to play in a little father-son event back in November with his son Charlie, which was uh, on TV, but it was a uh, for-fun sort of thing. But the idea that he could walk 72 holes at Augusta National uh, just 14 months after that kind of accident is staggering. A- a- absolutely unbelievable uh, and a- amazing job. And, you know, the thing about Tiger, uh, whether you're uh, rooting for him or not, he really is exactly the kind of athlete that, that we should admire in, the, in this day and age because despite all the money that he makes, he is motivated solely by desire to be the best he can possibly be. He's the most talented out there, and he works the hardest, and he's motivated solely by the burning desire to do better each time and to win each time that he goes out there. And, it, and he's willing to put up with incredible pain to come out and do it even long after he has to. He could retire now, and he's got as good a record as anybody ever. He's tied with Sam Snead with 82 wins for most ever on the PGA Tour. He is three uh, majors behind Jack Nicklaus and one Masters title behind Jack Nicklaus as well. So maybe that motivates him a little bit. But in light of the pain that he's in, it's amazing that he continues to compete 
and that he's able to do it as well as he did, and he'll probably get better. He is planning on playing in the British Open in Scotland at the old course, so we'll look forward to that in July. Now, will he make it to the PGA next month at Southern Hills in Oklahoma? He's won there before. Or will he get to the U.S. Open uh, coming up in June? We'll have to see. We'll, We'll hope so, because golf is better when Tiger's playing, and it's really great when he's playing well. Andrew, how about answering our sports quiz question? I want to give this money away before the show time runs out. What do you say? Sounds good. All right, Andrew. uh, What was Jackie Robinson's number with the Brooklyn Dodgers? 42. Yeah, 42. You got it, man. Good job, Andrew. Uh, You know, we appreciate you listening, and, you know, we're rewarding you with $30 of Eric's money at the Ale House. (laughs) Are you a baseball fan? Stop giving away my money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Eric's in tears back there. We just gave away thirty more dollars of his. <laughs> oh no! Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, who's who's your team that you root for? Uh, a little bit of the Yankees, uh, but I'm trying to get get on the Rays more lately. <laughs> yeah, t- tough last couple of days, but they're they're playing pretty well. Otherwise, uh, four and two, I believe, on the season so far. Heck, they were defending division champs and two years ago they won the pennant so i think the rays are going to be good again this year and i'm going to try to go to go to some games uh now growing up before there were rays or marlins or any teams around here i was a dodgers fan it was because of jackie robinson and uh, what a what a story that is and it's a big day tomorrow for baseball and uh andrew i want you to stay on the line eric is going to take your information uh, call back again next week we can talk some more but i got to end the show right now congratulations stay on the line eric will get to you in just a moment After we wrap up here in the Ozone, congratulations to Andrew. Thanks to Congressman Burgess Owens for being our guest tonight. And, of course, uh, whether it's Easter, which uh, Easter weekend begins tomorrow and Passover also begins tomorrow. So whichever way you observe, we wish you a very blessed weekend here in the Ozone. Say goodnight, Eric. Good night. (laughs) We'll be back next week in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.